Welcome to Pure Mind Magic, the show to evolve your mind. Our mind is the most powerful thing we have, but no one teaches us how to use it. When we find out how, we're ready to create magic in life and in business. Learn real mindset secrets from brilliant minds around the world to change your mindset and income level forever. With every decision you make, you create your future. What is your next move? Now, welcome your host. Host, international magician, speaker, and podcast performance consultant, Jennifer S. Royal. Welcome back to a new episode of Pure Mind Magic. And today is my favorite episode because my guest is someone I really admire and work with. She is a serial entrepreneur from the other side of the world, Australia, and turns over eight figures a year. She's built her businesses from scratch and taught everything herself from Googling. Now she runs a very successful coaching business, helping female entrepreneurs worldwide to make their dream come true, run a successful business and earn money with what they truly love. To say it in her words, she helps female entrepreneurs to supercharge your business. Realizing a six-figure month or turning over seven figures a year. She's really an inspiration, so much positive energy and also funny and entertaining, spreading her business advice and is very transparent with all her success, her strategies and how it comes down to numbers. So lean back and get really inspired today with my business coach, Tara J. Rimmer. Hi Tara, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. How is it going in Australia today? It's good. We're um, on our way into winter, but it's still nice and sunny and there's no clouds in the sky, so I can't complain. Thought so, because here we are entering the summertime now, so I thought it must be going to be winter in Australia. Yeah, but because I live in the Gold Coast, it um, it's the tropics, so it, we mostly have wet and dry seasons. So it's um, we're a bit dry at the moment, so that's nice and it's still a bit warm. Fantastic. So I have a lot of questions prepared for you and I know you are really the business expert. So your businesses bring in eight figures. And my first question is, being so successful, what makes you jump out of the bed in the morning? Um, well, I would say probably achieving my goals. I'm very goal-driven and target-based. And so I always have these mini deadlines that I have for myself. Um, and it's just a competition with myself. I don't know where it comes from. And that's what makes me kind of get up because I need to hit my goals. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you are still super motivated despite all the money you are already bringing in. Um, definitely because it becomes in the beginning, the first year it was, I was really money focused. And then after the first year and I got on top of things, it became more about, and this is a bit of a cliche, but the service and the experience, because once you hit the money goal, you realize life is obviously a bit easier, but nothing really changes. 
That so then true. it's more about spending time with people and helping people and talking to people like you. That's really exciting. Awesome. So that is a great feeling. And you're so right that money changes things in a way so that they become easier. But of course, there are always then new challenges to be handled. And when we are talking about money, I mean, it comes all down to mindset. And I know you are a mindset coach. So what are the best tips you give people to work on their mindset when they want to grow their business or just feel better, get more done. How do you start the mindset work? So the best way for me to start the mindset work with my clients is usually to do a brain dump of all of their feelings. Um, because often once you get them out of your head and into paper, that does help rationalize a few things and also give a lot of clarity around maybe some obstacles or blocks that have been coming up. Um, so I find always lists and brain dumps, they are my like my go-to almost all the time when there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting tip. <laughs> and you are the best example that you managed to work through all blockages and created this massive success. So Tara, how did it all start for you, your entrepreneurial journey? So my very first business I started in 2013 and that's still running now and that basically came about because I was working in tax and legal for a top tier accounting firm and I used to go to work and my job was really good and I enjoyed it and I got my promotions and so everything on paper was going well but when I used to walk to work. I honestly, and I know this is a bit dramatic, I used to think if I got hit by a bus today, what has been the point of my life? Because I'm just getting up, working, going home, having my dinner, watching some TV, going to sleep, get up, work. And the cycle was just going round and round. Like nothing interesting was happening for me or in my perspective. And so After a while of doing that for, and I mean probably about three months of me walking to work and just thinking there has to be more to life than this, I then started looking for opportunities or actually becoming aware of opportunities because I wasn't looking to start a business, but I was looking for a change, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so that is what my first business um, is a transport company. And what happened was I ordered a stand-up paddleboard online because the whole finding the meaning of my life, I was like, maybe I just need new hobbies. And so I decided I was going to take up stand-up paddleboarding. And I ordered that online. And when the delivery company delivered it, I lived in an apartment block. They wouldn't bring it upstairs to my unit. And that really annoyed me because I'd taken one day annual leave. So, and when you're an employee, like your annual leave is gold. You don't want to waste it waiting for a delivery company. And then they left it outside in the street. Luckily, where I lived was very safe, so it was fine, but I couldn't carry it up the multiple flights of stairs until my husband got home to help me. And instead of complaining, well, actually, no, I'm English. I definitely complained. 
but I sat <laughs> I sat complaining to myself thinking this is ridiculous and I, I just basically decided obnoxiously and naively I could definitely do it better and that is how I started my first company awesome so that company is still then in the transportation business yes Great. So what to do? This is kind of a delivery then, I guess. Yeah. So it's removals and deliveries and we focus on high end clients. Um, so this is normally people where they're doing furniture fit outs, like their whole house install. And usually the deliveries or the value of the, the goods is around that kind of hundred thousand dollar mark. Unfortunately, not my deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st I'm still working towards being able to spend that much on furniture. <laughs> awesome. So I see, Tara, you still have your goals. So I'm uh, getting this kind of furniture. Definitely. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, I think it's great because this brings in again another, I think, very targeted niche, uh, niche market, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, oh, my target was to um, go for high maintenance people like me that didn't want to wait around all day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I was so, like, there has to be more difficult people like me. There has to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's perfect. You kind of created your own company for yourself, uh, kind of. So, great story. Yeah. And it was also, it worked really well because I'd never had any experience in the industry. And so what it meant was that I was coming in doing things how I think they should be done best, whereas my competition would usually have grown up in the industry and they are just following the norm. And so I think that allowed me to become successful very quickly. That's awesome. So can you give us some clues on how you managed to do this? Because I think you were in a completely different field working with uh, yeah. legals and taxes. So where did you get all the knowledge from to make this all happen? Google. <laughs> Honestly, I, I must have about seven degrees in Google. I Googled every single thing and I half of the words I didn't even know what to look for. And so I would just be looking for like, it's now called scheduling software, but there wouldn't be, um, that wasn't a public thing before. And so I just have to Google all of these terms to find softwares or to find um, websites. I'd never even built a website before. So it was even, how do you build a website? How do you build a one-page landing page? I didn't know anything at all. How do you design a logo? And so I started by Googling everything. Wow, that is so impressive that you made it and you stayed consistent and had all the discipline to do it without having a boss, in this case, telling you what to do. I definitely work better without a boss. <laughs> I can't imagine what would happen if I had to go back to work now. <laughs> Me too, definitely. <laughs> so this will bring us later down the road to the name of your coaching business. But I will save yes. that for later and just talk a little bit more about what came next in your journey. Because I know you have several companies. So what was your mm. next step after that? Um, so basically we grew, that company grew to over a million dollars in less than a year. And what that meant is 
given I had no experience, I had to learn really fast. So I had the good fortune of working with numbers before. So I'm always, I'm very numbers based. I'm very logical. So that was a really good, um, I guess, background experience for me. But what it meant was because we grew so fast, I didn't have the correct systems in place because like I said, I was hustling. I Googled things. I, I quickly made a website. I was just hacking things together. Um, and so after the first year, I think it was the first year or maybe the second year because we kept growing, I then took one year to reassess everything. So that at that point, I automated a lot of processes. So even now, that business only has um, two office staff, which for an eight-figure company is really not very much stuff. But my number one goal is to try and automate and systemize as many things as possible so you don't have to spend so much money on staff, and that keeps the business then competitive as well. So I spent a couple of years automating, systemizing, updating a lot of the systems and procedures. And then we expanded to actually, no, then I won a couple of awards as well for the business um, just because obviously it had achieved so much success. It had grown so quickly. And that's then when I started unofficially coaching and mentoring because then I became a bit uh, like a very, very tiny public profile. But that then meant people were interested in me and then they would reach out to me to try and get advice on running business. And again, I'd never done it before then. So it just used to be very ad hoc and having coffees and meetings. But what happened there was my time is obviously quite limited. Everybody's time is limited. And I was spending a lot of time on coffees and the chats would maybe not be as focused as they should be for someone who likes systems. So that's then how I started my coaching business. Hmm. That is such an interesting story, Tara. And this was about my next question because there is so much to handle and so much to do in uh, this 24 hours. So how do you yeah. do it? And what are your best tips to stay productive and really get things done without too much procrastination? I think um, you have to know your why because... I actually have a chronic disease and that makes me sick quite a lot. And I may end up in hospital quite a lot. And so I have to have businesses that keep running even if I'm not in the office. And also I have to be able to run a business when maybe I'm not feeling 100%. And so having a clear why, and that might change over the journey of your business, but having a clear why will help you stay focused. So for me, with full transparency, My first why was to make a million dollars. So before I was 30, that was my goal. I didn't really care how I was making it. I didn't really care. I didn't have like a passion that I, I had to start a transport business, for example. I just wanted to make a million dollars in business. And that then for like that first year, that's what kept me going because I would get closer to this goal. And, and because I come from a very, very, very poor upbringing that's again why I was kind of um focused on that goal really that's what kept me motivated and then as we grew bigger there's there's things to do there's stuff that you're responsible for there's the, you get new goals 
And so it just, your why changes, but you have to know what your why is. Very good point. And uh, I'm sorry to hear about your disease, but it's even more impressive that you still handle everything and uh, stay on track. So yeah. maybe do you have some... I mean, the balls yeah. drop sometimes. <laughs> I'm not perfect. <laughs> I guess no one is, and uh, this makes us human. But exactly. what would you say, Tara, what can help maybe people that are sometimes in a bad mood or yeah, just have other health issues? Besides the why, what can you do with your mindset and energy and everything to, to keep going? I always, I have two tips. Um, if you're like in a really big funk, you need a break. There's no point. I don't see the point of sitting at a desk for 12 hours and only achieving one hour of work. That's I just don't have the time for that. So I will acknowledge, do you know what? Today's not a good day. It's not creative. It's not, I'm not feeling positive or energized. And then I'll either choose kind of low value tasks that might not involve any face to face. They don't have specific deadlines or I just walk away completely and I go for a walk or I go and get my nails done or go for a coffee and just step away completely and give myself and allow myself that time to just kind of rest and reset. Sometimes it's just a half an hour. Sometimes I don't focus on like a creative aspect of my business for an entire week because like the, the energy will come back, the vibe will come back. So there's no point forcing it. Um, the second thing, however, if you are on a deadline and something has to be done is to do the hardest thing as soon as you wake up. Like as soon as you sit at your desk, do the hardest thing first. You'll always feel better from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great tip. And I think there's a whole book on uh, Eat That Frog or something from... Uh, exactly. Uh, how he's, he's called from the United States. I've seen him years ago. Not coming to the name. Yeah. Brian Tracy, I guess. Yeah, that's him. So great tip. That's uh, his... He's yeah. got a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so too. And, and then you, you made this, this biggest challenge in the morning and you are kind of set for the day. So that's great tips, uh, Tara. And also you have several ebooks, but let's talk today about the one you have for my audience and the link will be in the show notes. And this book is called The Ultimate Startup Blueprint. And since we are talking so much about entrepreneurship and starting a business this would be it so what can people expect to find in the book and who is it for so with this blueprint it's basically for anybody that wants to start a business it's um it will give you a broad overview and help you I guess identify who your ideal customer is create a plan for your sales um a lot of a lot of the things that you need to do, but without drilling too deep. So the first step is usually getting clarity on where you actually want to take your business. And that's the finding your why. Um, because again, some people just want a business for a sake of a business to tell people that they're an entrepreneur. And often that won't really result in success because when it gets tough, you, you're more than likely to give up. 
So having that clarity is going to really help you stay focused and stay motivated. And then it will work through your ideal customer, creating that sales plan, like I said, um, attracting customers with content. As you know, we all consume all of the time. And so identifying some content that will be good for you and your client and that's also linking back to your business is really useful. So make sure you download it, work through it. And um, if you have any questions about it, shoot me an email. That sounds great. So again, this will be all in the show notes. And this brings us now to the mysterious name I was talking about before. <laughs> so your coaching business is actually called Resting Boss Face. So how did yes. you come up with this name? So this began actually because of my first business. Um, being a female in a male-dominated industry is very aggressive. And especially when we started in Australia, um, let's say it's, it used to be a bit more sexist than maybe England and America. So I used to get a lot of comments, especially when I was in the press. I would get trolled a lot about how people would think um, – I have either, and I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but resting B face, or they would then go, oh, I thought you were the receptionist. You look like the receptionist. And so I used to get trolled a lot about that. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to turn this on its head. And actually, I'm a boss. And you wouldn't be calling a man a bitch. So that's how resting boss face came about. That's really interesting. So I just thought when I read this first that it must have to do something with this term of the resting bitch face. And I actually just yeah. came across like months ago over this term. And uh, it was in a, I think in a TV show, American TV show, where they were playing around with that and had several actors there doing it. And it was so funny because obviously actors were really cap uh, capable of doing this so on the spot mm. and it looked so funny and then they they said even that they can't believe they do it in a photo so when they are just yeah resting and doing nothing and then i thought it's so smart what you did with this term and yeah to turn it upside down and make it positive and uh, exactly. i think yeah people love to be a boss when they are really into entrepreneurship and when it's their thing and i mean anyways you have to look as a boss right Exactly. Also, it's just my face. <laughs> This is, I'm just not a very like super smiley, super happy go lucky girl. I've, and I never have been. Um, and so for me, it's, it, I'm not offended by, I'm like, this is my face. So there's not very much I can do about it or that I'm willing to do about it. And so it's just like, I'm taking that power back. Thank you for trying to minimize me, but nope, I still own my company. Yeah, that's, that's just perfect. I really like that. And uh, I also have to say that I had the honor now to start working with Tara as my business coach. And it's just amazing to work with her. I mean, it's beyond words what she's doing to your energy and everything. So everyone listening, I can just recommend to do it. And you will find all the information on her website. This will be also in the links below. And Tara, to take this to the next step, because I know there are people 
who are about to start a business, but then there are also people in the audience who are about to grow a business. So what would you say when it comes to this aspect of entrepreneurship? What does this require to have this growth mindset and to grow a business in general? I think, so number one, I always say know your numbers. I think um, there's no point growing a business that's not making any money because, and we discussed this actually in our last call, that I know a lot of businesses that when they come to me, they're successful, but they're not profitable. And so it's important to know your numbers because you just don't want to scale something that's really not going to give you the reward for your efforts. Um, I also think as well, the second most important thing to remember is more often than not, you come across the same problems, but they just have an extra zero on them. I always think from when I first started my business, I would worry, how am I going to pay for this $50 bill? Or can I afford um, to buy a logo on Fiverr? Those kind of concerns I would have in the beginning of the business. Whereas now I still have the same problems. Um, it just has a couple more zeros on it. So, so long as you are learning how to handle problems and adapt and be resilient, I think you'd be definitely ready for the next growth phase. Sounds good. And I guess this is also where, in the best case, systems come into place. Yes. My favorite thing is to analyze the numbers and create systems and also to find um, leaks within the company. Often I've found that when we've gone through numbers with clients, that usually they lo they're losing money from things that, it's not because they had a $10,000 bill, it's actually a few $10 purchases or undercharging or not quite charging for the time taken. They're usually losing money for that tiny thing that in the course of the day, you don't think very much about but over the whole and so I think um again the knowing your numbers that's really helpful yes definitely a great starting point and talking about mm. starting points Tara with your busy life how does your day actually start so do you have any kind of morning routine do you meditate or how do you approach the day in the morning so I don't have a routine per se. I'm not part of the 5 a.m. club. I really like my sleep. I don't see the point in hustling until you die. That's not my energy levels. Um, so I've created my businesses to work around my energy because I think that's really important is to create around your energy. There's Again, like I said, there's no point struggling. There's no point. If you're a night person, work at night. If you're a morning person, get up at five o'clock. I'm not a morning person. Um, however, I get up, I've just moved recently to the beach. So I walk my dog on the beach and I usually listen to, um, positive affirmations or depending on where I'm at, sometimes some positive, like podcasts like this, something that will inspire me and uplift me while I'm walking the dog, come home, have my breakfast and I start work. I try and still work between the hours of nine and five. But really, I keep my core hours between 10 and 2 because my energy can fluctuate throughout the day. But 10 and 2, I've noticed I can smash out 10 hours worth of work in four hours. 
So they're my core hours that I'm almost always like around my computer. I've got my laptop, but before that and after two is flexible. And that's where I can kind of enjoy the success of having a business. So I can maybe go for a massage in the afternoon or go for my nails, like in air quote work hours. Sometimes though I am working until five or six. (laughs) So it's not all dreams. (laughs) I see. Yeah. So I think this is one of the best points in being an entrepreneur that you have this freedom to do everything on your own time. And uh, let's say looking towards the evening terror. So do you have any kind of rituals there or what do you normally do to calm down? I'm actually, um, my emotions are relatively steady. I don't really kind of get too stressed or too anxious. Um, and the same, which is probably where the resting bitch face comes from. I don't get too excited either. <laughs> so my emotions are relatively um, steady, but my dog does have a routine <laughs> and <laughs> by four thirty, five o'clock, he's coming and tapping on my leg ready for his walk. So we usually go down to the beach and walk again on a Friday. I maybe take a cocktail down with me. Um, but that is my separation from the day because I work from home. That's the separation of, okay, work's done. Now I go and move on to my evening. Oh, I see. So When you work from home, how do you organize that? Do you have like a separate workspace there? Because I know a lot of people are struggling with that the boundaries between their personal life and their business life kind of go away when they have everything home. So how do you deal with this? So I have um, like a home office. So I, I honestly, I shut the door. And I don't have this desire to check my emails. But I think for me, that comes from knowing I'm organized throughout the day. And also knowing I'm not doing heart surgery. Anybody that's emailing me at seven o'clock at night, they can wait till the next day. I'm not, I'm not changing lives and like delivering miracles. So nothing is that urgent to kind of get into my energy so I don't have any qualms of not checking emails um but having a designated space and a designated switch off time which again I'm fortunate with the dog he creates that switch off time he is not interested in waiting he can't hold as we so we have to go um so that's really useful for me That's a really interesting comparison, but from my point of view, you're definitely changing lives and you're also delivering <laughs> miracles on another level. It's just just not hearts and lungs. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, I have friends that yeah. are scientists and they're curing cancer. So I honestly, I'm like, I'm just a minion. <laughs> Those are the kinds of people that I think that they're, they're just heroes. Uh, I think you are too, because I mean, you are changing mindsets. And as you said in our first call, it's everything about our mind. So our mind controls everything yeah, in our life. It does. It does. You can, a thought can change you, but you can change your thoughts. That's yes. my, that's my little mantra to myself. So true. And it's really this one tiny thought that can change everything yeah. uh, from one second to another. And that's it. And that's why I think um, when I first started my business, when people told me about affirmations, I just thought, what a load of nonsense. Like, who's going to say these stupid things to themselves? They're going to look crazy. 
And then the longer I was in business, the more I realized how important your mind and your thoughts are. Because if you wake up in a bad mood and you've got work to do and you've got a team that you're responsible for, or even if it's just by yourself, you've got to deliver something because otherwise you can't pay your rent, you really need to kind of snap out of it. And so I found for me the, the affirmations. They're just really useful to rewire my brain, re-navigate um, into a more positive attitude, I yes. guess. Yes, that's it. And <laughs> let's talk a little bit also about energy because we had our, our last call yesterday, actually. And every time you say something that uh, I think about like four hours after and yesterday, <laughs> you said something about energy and everyone is always talking about that it's like time for money and no one yeah. ever talks about this component of energy and obviously it doesn't help when you have 12 hours when your energy is very low because you won't get mm. anything done so you said yesterday it's value for energy can you talk a little yeah. bit more about that so like we were saying you could sit at a desk for 12 hours And you could be so low in energy, it could be a bad mood, it could be a stressful day, anything could be happening. And you need to be charging to your client and delivering work. And so you have to start working out how much your energy is worth in the sense of, I guess, do you know what it reminds me of is the napkin. I think it was maybe Picasso. It's like a meme where... Picasso only takes 10 minutes to paint a picture, but it's been 50 years of his work experience. That is quite similar to me with the energy levels of the amount of energy you put in into becoming the expert, becoming so skilled and working out the price point and the value that you can get from your energy levels. And so for me, like I said, I know that there's four hours every day I can deliver exceptional work. I can honestly, that four hours, I have so much energy. I can smash the work out. I'm a generator. I'll be creative. I'll be inspired. But the rest of the time, I'm very low energy. And so therefore, it's not important for me to then do high value jobs in my low energy time. Yeah. Makes so so you also sense. have to be able to identify where your energy flows and you have to be able to have that time to kind of recognize it and analyze. And especially for women, um, even tracking your cycle, because there's some times of the month where you are not going to be winning clients. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, there's no point trying to win clients then. Like, what's the point? Yes, that's so true. And I guess this is about the topic of being able to let go sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Really smart tips here you are uh, giving again. And I think what you mentioned is so true and also so valuable because sometimes people struggle with their price point in also when it comes to coaching, because then they ask why are people charging between five and $10,000 for a coaching package. But the point is all this value you get out of it and what it took this person to get to this point, gaining all this experience and knowledge is what makes it really valuable. So 
all of that and compared to having to go out on your own finding all this information like you did on google for That's example a... costs you a lot of energy so i think this is also where you can be confident to ask for a certain price in whatever you do when it is a service-based business or even a product-based business because you've put so much energy into that Exactly. And I always, and I've said this to you as well, another reason people get blocks over money is because they may be focusing on their big goals. So for me, in my first year, it was that $1 million. And the way I stopped myself getting overwhelmed was instead of focusing on how will I make a million dollars, I focused on how will I make a $100 sale. And that way, then I just had to not 10x I was going to say 10x my $100 sales what would it be a thousand times my $100 sale I don't even know the math (laughs) is it 10,000 I just had to focus on my $100 how am I going to deliver the value and serve the client for $100 and then my next step is how am I going to do that 10,000 times (laughs) Hmm. Okay, yeah, that is smart. So this is uh, kind of your strategy and numbers game since you really like the numbers games. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very numbers based. (laughs) So interesting. And this actually leads into my next question because you were talking about this and yeah, there are different price points, obviously to different goods. And yesterday in our call, you also said that it takes the same amount of energy, whether you are in a service or product based business and whether you have a cheaper product or a high price ticket product. And that was really interesting because I was always caught in that it takes more energy to create like, let's say, I don't know, thousand one dollar Kindle eBooks instead of having this one big product. But then I thought, during the whole night about it that you are true because <laughs> yeah it takes the same energy to to build this so uh, maybe yeah. you can give us some more clues on that i think people especially when there's the money mindset blocks people get so nervous about charging a high price it is often usually about a self-worth piece but they get nervous because they think who am i Uh, who am I to charge this? What is my experience? Um, why should I be doing this? And actually, I'll tell you one of my tricks to handle that is to actually create a brag bank. And that's where you write a list bragging about all of your achievements that are linked to your product or service. And so this could be testimonials from clients. It could be awards. It could be... Um, delivering exceptional videos but you just write down all of the things that you're really good at and you have that list I have it by my computer and because we've had bad days I have it by my computer that reminds me actually no I am right to do this I have experienced this I've achieved these results so yes I can do this and having a brag bank I think always helps um, helps you with that mindset of self-worth I think once you work on that then it's easier to start charging like you said a one dollar product most people when they create maybe not one dollar product maybe a ten dollar product most people will still 
do the research, create a really nice branding, deliver a really high value or not even high value of interest. So it might be informative, it might be useful. Making sure you charge the right amount because you're still going to have to speak to people. If you're doing, say, let's say you're a service-based business and you need to win clients, people are either going to come to you from your reputation or because you've gone out to find them. You're still going to be speaking to the same amount of people that are coming to you. So you may as well be charging what you're worth instead of underselling. Because if you undersell, you're going to do more work. If you have to do more work, you're never going to uh, quite get anywhere because you're probably going to get a burnout, which means then you'll probably give up or your your um, work will slip. It won't be as good as it used to be. So you may as well, if you're going to be pitching to clients, so you're going to be selling your product, whether it be online or face-to-face, you may as well have a price on it that is worthy of the product. Yeah, that was a perfect yeah. description for that. I was I was worried that I was going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all good. So yeah, that's it. And I think this is this is the biggest thing you have to solve to also take the the business to the next uh, level and get clear on this pricing thing. And I think it people can detect whether you are confident or not about the pricing. Yes. Yes, if you if you even are stuttering with your price, people will find that. And myself included, I want a bargain. So if I think there's scope for movement, I'm going to ask. I'm not going to be offended if someone says no. Um, and however, why would you want to pay the full price? Like if there's a room for movement, but and I also think then as a well as any business. You then need to be confident in being able to explain why you're worth this much or why your product or service is worth this much. And that's where your brag bank comes in because you're like, actually, I'm an award-winning entrepreneur. I have an international business. I've served this many clients per year. Um, so, no, this is my rate. Yes. That is great. And this brings in that you have all the clarity about it and you can answer the question and uh, yeah, people will feel that. Exactly. Great. So Tara, let's talk a little bit about traveling. So being an entrepreneur also frees you up to make that possible. And I found interesting studies on how traveling really changes you and expands your comfort zone, builds confidence in all of that. So what is your opinion about traveling? Do you like it? And what would you say, how can it benefit entrepreneurs in their personal journey? So I love traveling. I'm originally from England and I moved to Australia in 2007, I think. And I moved six days after I found out that I could even come here. I'd never wanted to travel before, um, but I moved here on a whim. I decided worst case scenario, I go home. In England, you can travel a lot within Europe. So I and my girlfriends, we always used to do mini breaks and weekends away to different countries in Europe. So that was always exciting. But then as I became an entrepreneur and in business, you travel 
and see things differently, or at least I do. I am always seeing how a different country does something different or they might have an easier process or they might have a better service or they thought of something a different way that I would never have um, even considered. And I think, do you know what? It's the same as reading and listening to podcasts. You don't always maybe get your genius idea from speaking to somebody or listening to a podcast or traveling to a different country, but it just opens up your mind to, and you just need one tiny flick of hope that will just, I think, spark something. So I love traveling and I think everybody should do it. And especially now because we are all working from home, it's a great time to actually start a business that can travel because we all have to work on our laptops or most of us are working on our laptops from our home. So starting a business that can go anywhere is amazing. Yes, and I love the term uh, having a business that can travel. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's just... I know when I, so I've never had an office and that's always been, um, people have always been confused by that. They always think I should have an office and a shop front, but that's not how I want to spend my life. I don't want to get up and get into a suit and sit at a desk and do the nine to five. Otherwise I would have just stayed in a job. Um, so for me, I've always worked from home because that's what I want to do. I want to, sometimes I want to work in my pajamas. Sometimes I want to get dressed. Sometimes I want to work at 10 o'clock. Sometimes I'll start working at seven o'clock. I think having that freedom is almost the whole point of having your own business. Yes, absolutely true. And Tara, I think that was a, a huge step going from England, Europe to Australia. So <laughs> what did that do to your comfort zone? That was interesting. <laughs> I remember when I told my mom, because I'd never wanted to travel, we didn't really have like a true concept of how far Australia was. Um, and I remember sitting down with a map of the world and like showing my mom where Australia was and like the size of Australia compared to England as well. Like Australia is massive. And so when I first came here, I moved to Melbourne and I actually just did the same job I was doing in England and and I had the same lifestyle as well I would basically work nine to five uh, go out party on the weekends shop during the week it was a pretty like and in Melbourne as well the weather's quite similar to England i.e it rains a lot <laughs> and so after about five months so I got over my homesickness part um then after about five months I realized all I've done is continue my exact same life just in a different country and I realized that if I'm going to be this far away from my family I should really be doing something more interesting and that was then when I first moved to the Gold Coast um, which I moved to a town it's a suburb but a town called Surfers Paradise and I moved there literally because of the name because as a backpacker I was like that has to be the place to be that is where I'm going to go that could you be more Australian um it turns out that's where all the backpackers go for basically the same reason <laughs> that's such so it's an, not particularly yep. Australian <laughs> <laughs> that's really an inspirational story so is there any reason why you've picked Australia 
you know what? I was running away from a boyfriend. And um, it was, so it was in 2007. So I think Facebook had kind of like only just started. And I did this, this, you know, this makes me sound very stupid, but I'm going to go with it. I did this online quiz. Imagine a BuzzFeed quiz, but the 2007 version. So I did this quiz that was like something about Australia. I don't, honestly, I don't even remember. I did the quiz logged out of the internet forgot all about it a couple of days later i got a call from immigration saying um you've been approved for a visa and so at that point the only thing i knew about visas were like visa credit cards (laughs) so they were like you've been approved for a visa and i said what does that mean (laughs) they said okay so you've got a year to come into the country um and i was like Oh, and so I, even though I, like I said before, I'm not, or I wasn't very woo-woo, um, I didn't do all like the affirmations and things like that. I, I did believe, well, this is interesting. Like there has to be a reason that this happened because I was like, had a bad boyfriend, like my life, just, well, mostly my boyfriend was just draining my life. I think I was like a 20, 21. Um, and so I was like, well, this has to be happening for a reason. So I'm going to go. And I just basically figured no point like the, no time like the present. So I decided, I was like, well, there's obviously a reason I'm supposed to be going here. So let's go. Didn't have any savings. Didn't, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know anything. As an adult, I now look back and I think I was crazy. But if I hadn't have taken a risk, all of the other things that have happened, they just wouldn't have happened if I'd stayed in England. That is amazing. So I guess you owe this bad boyfriend something <laughs> looking backwards. Oh, that's it. I know. I know. Without him, <laughs> where would my life be? I mean, there's a good chance. Mm, no, I would have. God, I hope I would have broken up with him. Jeez. He was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, it's really interesting. You know, so when someone enters your life, there's always a reason for it. And sometimes it's just to push you into a certain direction when you look back. And uh, my best friend always says that life explains itself looking backwards. Yeah, I'm a big believer in everything happening for a reason. Like every single thing happens for a reason. Sometimes you don't know what the reason is. But there is a reason. Yeah, that are strong words. And maybe I can wrap this up then with a final question because this was so inspirational what you did. And I think it gives maybe other people in the audience the courage to go for something and really make a decision and go to a place you have never Mm. been before when you kind of feel attracted to it or there's anything that brings you there, uh, you, you start thinking about it, whatever. So Tara, is there another big vision for the future you have besides your business, anything you would like to do or where you would like to go, what you would like to explore? My short-term goal is to travel more. I'm so, honestly, COVID, I'm so, so in Australia, we're only just allowed to travel to the different states. Um, but we're not allowed to leave the country. So that's a long way off for us. So that's my short-term goal. Um, I have a couple of other projects that I work on. So trying to build a property portfolio. Um, that's a, I renovate and decorate those and flip some properties as well. I do that. Um, but f- I think 
this year and the next couple of years, my short-term goals are to really grow resting boss face because with my other businesses, they're, they're growing, they're plodding along, but I really, for myself, I get so inspired by working with people like you because I'm, I'm old in my other business. I now get to speak to people like you and get re-energized myself. And so it's a really good feedback loop for me where I get to give you all of my knowledge and you get to give me all of your young energy. (laughs) And so uh, for me, it's really focusing on that and um, focusing on my health as well. So that that takes some time um, because I have to have multiple operations, but kind of just making things create the dream life or my current dream life. My dreams change all the time, but just building my current dream life. Sounds good. And you're true. So dreams and wishes change. It's interesting, but as you grow, they kind of grow with you. I experienced that as well. Yeah. I read this um, really great quote. Do you know what though? I have the worst memory. So I'm going to do this quote, no justice, but it was something like, you're not a tree, so you don't have to stay there. And so for me, always people say to me, but will you be happy when you've achieved your dreams? Because some people, when I think you're a go-getter, they think you're not happy. And I'm like, no, I am very happy. I just have a new thing to achieve now. And so for me, I don't understand why you have to have this one dream or this one goal in your life. Life is for living. Change the dream, change the goal, change your mind. Awesome. I never heard this quote before, but that makes so much sense. And I really like that. And I guess COVID turned us all into trees right now. And it's time that the the trees start moving again. And I also think that uh, when you achieve something, I mean, like years ago, it was written in all those books that when you achieve this, then there will be this big hole, this black hole where you fall into and uh, there's nothing. And I, I was kind of afraid sometimes of that. But actually, I think this is also a mindset question because, for example, yeah. like six months ago, yeah, kind of six months ago, I got my a dream car and I managed to manifest that. And, and I'm all into cars, so typical German, not really typical for uh, females, <laughs> but for me. And uh, when I got it, I mean, it was one of the best days in my life. Just this feeling that I I made it, and this car is for me yeah. kind of the. Yeah, it reflects that my business is doing well. Yeah, and it's a reward. And so still to this day, I love this car every day. I'm driving with it. And when I just see it, because I think it's so beautiful and it's mine and it's fantastic. So there was no black hole getting it. And I now I think I can't let get it go because I love this car so much. I would like to keep it and put it into the living room. I know it's crazy, but (laughs) it's just my motivation. And this is why I think it's great to to reach a goal and it doesn't have to feel bad or empty or whatever it can really enrich and enhance your life i think well your new goal now needs to be a house with a garage that has glass windows so you can see your dream car Yes, you've got it. So you can look at your car every day. (laughs) Yes, kind of. Maybe then this is too crazy. But uh, as a creative artist and creator, I think, yeah, that everything is possible. And this brings us to the thing that it should be or it should not matter what other people think of you, right? 
I am um, no it definitely doesn't matter what people think of you I think you're the only person that's living your life so long as you're doing it with decency and you're being a good honest person I've been called so many things in my life like whether it be materialistic because I like purses um whether it be like I said rest in bitch face people have opinions some people don't like Beyonce if you don't like Beyonce there's a good chance I'm gonna probably upset you in some way so I think you don't have to be for everybody. I think um, I think that it's also important to remember that a pie of success, there's enough for everybody. And probably one of the most ins- interesting and inspiring things I ever heard is in England, um, when I lived there, when I was a kid, they we would have a lot of corner shops and they were mostly ran by Indians. And I used to think it's so interesting that these people, they leave their country, they come over to this country, they start a brand new business, they don't know anybody, and there's so many shops. And this guy said to me, and bear in mind, this is before I didn't even know what business was. I had no goals to be a business person. And he said to me, I don't need the whole country to buy from my shop. I just need, and he said, like maybe 10 people a day. That's all I need. And if I get those 10 people a day, then I'm successful. And that just, that mentality blew my mind of competition, opinions. You don't need everybody to like you. You don't need everybody to buy from you. There is enough for everybody. And I think that's just what everyone needs to remember. When you're starting business, don't be afraid of success. Hmm. Very good final words for this episode. And again, everyone (laughs) listening, you find everything about Tara at uh, restingbossface.com. I put the link in the show notes so you can find out about her coaching. She also has an online course so you can learn everything about business when you would like to be as successful as she is bringing in eight figures with her businesses. I think this is amazing and was such an inspirational interview. And Tara, again, for the next hours, I will think again about what you have said because it goes so deep. And again, I stay with my opinion that you are definitely changing lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) 